It's the Slightly Crap Film Podcast with me, Howell Roberts, and him, Ed Southall. That was different. Yeah, I, things seems things seem to have changed. <laughs> What's going on, Ed? Are we now doing? A, I mean, we've had feedback on the um, "I Thought I Knew You" podcast, but now I feel like we're just sort of taking it to heart by just calling our own podcast the slightly crap <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? I uh, yeah, I think we, I think we take things very personally here on mm-hmm. this podcast and. Mm. We've we've said many times, leave us a comment if it's a nice one. Yeah, but that mm. that didn't happen. You know, no, someone didn't. somewhere sent me a letter saying they think the podcast is shit. Thanks for that letter, by the way, Hal. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm glad you got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's we've evolved, haven't we? We're, we're this is ep- what episode is this? Twenty one. This is twenty one or, yeah. or one of the yeah. the rebranded. Yeah, podcast. And what happened was, dear listeners, is basically um, the whole point of the "I Thought I Knew You" podcast was that me and Ed didn't really know each other, and we talked about this before, didn't we? I we think. did. So it's like we know each other now, and I wouldn't go so far to say we like each other. But the premise has died a little bit in that yeah. I know I, I don't really want to know any more about you, frankly. No, that, and that's fair enough. I understand. That's what, <laughs> what my wife said. I'd rather we just kind of assumed knowledge of each other and talked about films, basically. Yeah. That's that's well, where we're going with this. And we don't want to alienate everyone who's stuck with us because we've got loads of mates and friends who've, uh, that, we've, that we don't actually know at all who've, who've stuck with the podcast and, uh, or have started listening to it recently. And, and really, the format isn't changing that much, except we're kind of formally highlighting the fact that we're going to talk about some films that yeah. might not be very good films indeed slightly quite crap films indeed um, but we will talk about films we love as well and we'll probably talk about all the other stuff at the front end of the podcast like we normally yeah. do um, yeah. but at the back end of the podcast we'll almost certainly each episode be talking about a slightly quite crap film that either someone has recommended or mm. we've just picked up off our own backs for example I'm not going to talk about this one in this episode but I, I didn't even realise this film existed, Hal. Yeah. Tremors 6. <laughs> Say again. Tremors 6. Tremors yeah. Part 6. Yeah, back to perfection or something. <laughs> back to basics again. Revenge. <laughs> Tremors is... I saw Tremors at the cinema um, with my mate Sarah and it's probably one of my favourite... It's... It's... In my top twenty films, that yeah, it's cracking. Isn't Tremors, it? it's cracking. I've never seen any of the others, but I do own them. There's, there's time. Them. There's time. So yeah, now I you have the excuse to watch every crap film you've ever wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it's and for it, the it, podcast. It's all for the podcast. <laughs> that's, I'm just practicing what I say to Maria. It's just for podcast love. That's why we're having to watch The Warrior and The Barbarian. 
uh, and we're going to have to watch The Warrior and the Sorcerer. And how are you? you know, what have you been up to? Me, um, I'm I'm good. We're still in lockdown as we record this, and but I'm I'm feeling good. I think lockdown's obviously easing officially, yeah. which means we're all packing together and protesting. It's, about it's almost like this. They're calling it lockdown, but the doors are wide open. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, I'm all right. And work's just. I'm just cracking on with work. I've had a busy week because I've been working in Wales, but from the attic. Um, it's some regular work working with some uh, second, well, a couple of secondary schools actually in uh, yeah. in Pembrokeshire. So, been doing a lot of catching up there with them and is seeing that, what they're doing. Is that all the same job? Because uh, probably outside of the podcast, mm. y- you mentioned quite often that you're working with them, but but like over a long period of time, is this like a big project that you're working with them? Well, Wales is a big project because they've got this new curriculum coming in, and they're. Um, there's lots of change and it could be brilliant but that normal thing happens where people are sort of absolving themselves of responsibility left right and centre so the government say you said you wanted more freedom here you go have more freedom (laughs) and then teachers sensibly go oh we don't want that much freedom can you tell us what you're (laughs) expecting and uh, so you get we have we're, we're sort of there's been a bit of time where we've been sort of platting fog Mm. Um, but it's it's uh, no it's good work and um, I've enjoyed it this week actually just uh, to be honest it's been a bit social on Zoom because these are people I've worked with for a couple of years and they're good people um, but you're kind of getting a glimpse on their lives now because I'm not there in a shirt and tie I'm there in my pajamas on mm. Zoom and uh, <laughs> you know, so, and they are as well so it's like a pajama party. So it's been great. Um, do, so do, do, there's been have you started doing those funny Zoom tricks where you're like you're holding a mug freeze. of tea, and yeah, you, well, yeah, the freezing thing's the best one. But you can get yeah. cleverer than that. You see, you can hold a mug of tea and then hand it towards the camera, and then someone on another Zoom picks it out of the camera. No, I've, you I've, should try things like that. It's good fun. I don't know them that well. Maybe I need to set up a podcast with them. I don't know <laughs> them very well. I mean, I can, you've just reminded me now. I'm sitting here with you, and I'm drinking lager out of a mug. That's what lockdown has done to me. It's classy. It's classy. It's it's the opposite of classy, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, the weather's been crap, so I've not seen any at neighbours except a couple next door. They've split up. Oh dear. They've split up. Yeah, lockdown kicked in for them, and they've split up. Oh my goodness! I've, yeah. that, I've had the same story actually from um, from a, a friend of mine told me about um, not them personally, but one of their neighbours has uh, split up. It's uh, it seems to be a thing, doesn't it? Confined space, pressure, yeah. anxiety of the world causes yeah. a bit of stress in the household. Who neighbour neighbour out back, neighbour out back of a fence across the way, he's yeah. um, he's gone because, um, well, he got into he got involved with um, online dating, um, which was <laughs> all right, except they were married, oh and it all kicked God. off. I know everything because I talked to my other neighbour and he's like Jodrell Bank. He's, like, he's, like, he's fully connected in the village. I do not know anyone, but apart from Crazy Steve who, who cleans his roof. Regularly. Crazy Steve. Have you yeah. got cool names for most of your neighbours? There's Electricity like. Phil. He's next door. <laughs> he's next door but one. Yeah. Odd job, Dog- Bob. <laughs> no, no, no! It's Odd Job Anthony. And the thing about Odd Job Anthony, and I don't, I can't remember if he listens to this, but he's he's like, do you remember um, Carry On Screaming? Yeah, they're you know still the doing hairy, it, aren't they? Do you know the hair hairy <laughs> creation they make? Oh God, odd, yeah, Odd Bod. Do you remember Odd Bod? <laughs> yeah. 
That's like that's what I call Anthony. Oh, I see. He's like odd bod. A bit like cousin it. Yeah. If I've if I've if I've it's quite clear I've been beaten up next time we record. Then it's then he does Anthony listen. To this. <laughs> it's confirmation that there's an audience. Yeah, he's come round to help me prune my edge and then battered me on drive. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So, so have, have you right. have you managed to get out and about at all? Um no, I've not do you know what? I've not I've not really been I've done some errandy stuff like mm. I've not been to the supermarket yet, uh, but I went to the farm shop, which was all right. Everyone seemed happy. It was like a normal day down yeah. the farm. It was only a little farm shop up at Emily. Um, oh, I like I was, that one. Yeah, it's all right there, and everyone seemed quite happy, and there wasn't anyone <coughs> fighting or, you know, arguing. They're all a bit too old to, to fight up there, aren't they? <laughs> they are. You're not kidding. You're not <laughs> they kidding. just frown at each other. Although I had to raise my eyebrows. I knew, I knew you know, the dystopia was kicking in. <laughs> coronavirus dystopia when I was about to be charged £2.99 for a jar of horseradish <laughs> I thought I'm not paying that chuffing hell it's not you know it's not Mad Max yet <laughs> it's not London it's not London it's not that London is it no I sometimes think that farm shop thinks it's in London because of its prices yeah. but you know yeah, it's, it's convenient pay for what there. you get Hal pay for what you get no you're absolutely right there um, and I've just uh, yeah it's just been pretty I've, I've, it's just been work this week to be honest and loads of things I want to do but um, I, I can't because um, I've got to earn money <laughs> to pay yeah, to pay for it's things. annoying that isn't it really yeah it's rubbish yeah. it's rubbish I should have furloughed myself <laughs> well I've um, pretty much said goodbye to my trainee cohort this year now I've yeah, got, I've got one more meeting thing. with them but um, we, we did a conference with them yesterday like an online one which was good um, and did they all turn up? yeah well it's it's oh, it's tricky isn't it because mm. like face to face that you know they're turning up because socially you kind of it's awkward not to yeah um, but in an online space where we haven't seen them for so long yeah um I was a bit anxious because I've, I've set up a con- just for context I've set up a, uh, a, a kind of s- a seeing them off conference um, mm. and I've asked loads of like local schools to chip in with workshops and stuff oh yeah but for the logistics it's all pre-recorded except for but but if I if I didn't do any of it live then I would have no idea if they were going to engage with it sort of thing yeah. so I I'd, well I know you know some of this anyway because you contributed which was very kind of you yes um, enjoyed it thank you uh, I'll, I'll send you the check uh, yeah. that's, that's good to know and um, so I did the live bit and I was thinking God what, what would happen we've got 120 odd trainees how awkward would it be if I sent out a message going right I'm going to launch this thing it's going to be great and then I go on Zoom and there's like six people staring at me yeah. <laughs> and yeah. three of them are on my team um, but it was good we got we got pretty much all of them logging in which was fantastic and I've ne- yeah. it's a nice kind of dry run for next year for me because I'm sure we're going to have to do some online content yeah and um, yeah. it's the first time I've had to do like a broadcast sort of webinar thing to, to a, mm. a relatively large audience yeah um, but yeah it was really good but uh, the other thing I've got I'm doing a, an online conference my first like outward facing online conference um a maths one in a, in a oh, couple yeah. of weeks and there's 3,000 delegates holy moly yeah and there's that only screen, like f- that- five workshops at a time so I'll probably 
probably mm. have a, a well maybe I'll have six people um, that's, eight. that's that's brilliant it's a bit scary though yeah uh, but but you know what I found it it isn't because mm. um, I, I I like I'm a I'm a, I love being with people and um, I suppose that's been the hardest thing work-wise for me is not being in the room if I'm presenting something not being in the room with people especially because you've got gags Hal it must be quite I've got gags but you need <laughs> laughter when you've got gags it's it's soul destroying when you've, you're not, you drop your gag right you drop it in <laughs> And you met with nothing except your own face looking back at you expectantly. Yeah, and it's then awful. and then just as you're about to start talking again, someone unmutes and goes, "Sorry, ha 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 ha," and then, yeah, just, and then mutes again. <laughs> just unmutes and says, "I'm sorry, I think I'm in the wrong workshop." <laughs> <laughs> Which. I'm sure it's never happened to me. Um, or all the numbers just start dropping out of the Zoom room. Oh, no, that's true. I did a brew ad, and I did a brew ad, and I was like, I could see the, the number of people watching. It was really unnerving. How did that joke land? The number just goes <laughs> number down by that 20. I did, I did something which, um, you know, people might want to go and check out. Is I did something called UK Ed Chat Conference. Right. UK Ed Chat Conference and it's run by a bloke called Colin who is one of the nicest people you could hope to meet and he he um, he just got a load of people around the world to just do 20 minute videos so mm. I did one and um, I, I must admit right I didn't I forgot I'd done it I did it a month ago and a month is a long time in lockdown yeah. isn't it Indeed. it's when I was younger <laughs> you know, I did it then, and then I just got my, my Twitter went bonkers just on Tuesday night because it had been on, but I'd totally forgotten about it. I'd not yeah. promoted it. I'd not. I'd totally forgotten about it. Um, and I'm sorry about that, Colin, if you're listening. But <laughs> it, it, it just like I got a load of good feedback. It was lovely, actually, good. and it's um, it, it lifted my spirits around that sort of recording stuff doing mm. these webinars and things like that I'll tell you the other thing sorry just 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 because I'd, I'd forgotten when you asked me what I've been up to I have been out because um, I went to safely distance with my friend uh, Deborah kid because yeah. we do a lot of work together so we had to record some films for for this Pembrokeshire work and yeah. we ended up doing a, a behaviour film and a, a film about some drama stuff called Mantle of the Expert and yeah. we <laughs> It took us ages, mate, because we were editing in some like actual classroom footage that we've got. Chuff me. To get a 90-minute film, it took us 13 hours. Good anyway, God. Oh, back to you. So what else have you been doing? Tell me more about that conference. That um, well, I'll, I'll talk more about the ones that I'm doing rather than the one yeah. that went yesterday. Cause, uh, yeah. Um, so it, it normally runs, obviously, face-to-face sort of thing and has has about 300-ish people at it. So it's quite big anyway. Um, but they've taken the decision to go online, which is great. But then they've obviously cottoned on to, well, that, can, that completely removes the restrictions on numbers because it's not a physical mm. space. Um, so I'm excited to present at it because, I mean, I present at them most of the most times they run. They run about two or three times a year. But it's, it's often very similar you know same old faces for some of yeah. them so i'm quite excited about just i mean not the size of the audience necessarily just the fact that it's different people like from all over as you say from from across the world yeah. now um yeah so it's nice to get a different audience um a wider audience and then um, mm. i just hope it goes well my friend um 
did something similar last week and our internet cut out in the middle of it <laughs> that, that's, off. that's a horrible thing to happen but yeah. it's kind of one of those things that does happen doesn't it it's the, it's, new, it, the new risks yeah. in the new world <laughs> I think people are pretty patient as well um, I've had, I had a meeting the other week on um, I don't know it's something to do with Adobe I can't remember the platform now mm. not a familiar one and it were crap Oh and, no! But I didn't. But no, well, I was just um, a visit. I was like one of the visitors to the meeting. You know, it wasn't my gig or anything. Yeah. And uh, but I did. I felt no. I wasn't bothered. I, I were like, yeah, it, these these things happen. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I were, I were just like patient, and I think everyone else was as well. I think if you're losing your rag about the platform that you're on. <laughs> you know, with someone mm. then, you know, I don't want this this thing to conk out now while we're recording. I really don't. Yeah. But I'm I'm not going to blame you for it. You know what I mean? It's, you probably just, would, to be fair. No, I'd only blame you behind <laughs> your back. I'd be uh, slagging you off to my double bass. Can I just say, <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone will hear this when they listen to it once it's finished, but um, they might have just heard the door open. My five year old right. has just handed me the most anti podcast snack. Of all time, is I've it got, a bag of crisps? I've almost, I've got a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Get munching, mate. No one will mind. I'm going to just like show them. you what this could be. I'm not going to eat them, but I'll just, Go I'll on, just try one. That's all right. You can get away with that easy. All right. It's like I think cracking I'll pass. your knuckles. <laughs> just make yourself sound hard. Ed, are you cracking your knuckles, mate? No, I'm eating popcorn. Oh, it's nice though. That's good. It good it, sometimes it squeaks on your teeth as well, though. People might be like, oh, there's a mouse in that podcast. Spot the hidden mouse. I don't know. Anyway, so, so yeah, that's that's going on. Um, I'll, I'll be... Uh, if any of my trainees are listening to this, don't take this the wrong way, but I will be glad to, to, to move on because I've got a to-do list the size of my house for yeah. setting up for next year. Um, and are you, are you cracking on with that next year then? Is that what you're doing? Are you still running that PGC <coughs> next year? Yeah, so some institutions have said they're not doing it. Mm. And they've just gone, oh, we're not running it next year because we don't know what's going on. Correct. Other institutions have said, look, we'll do it, but we're not putting you out on placement till January because we aren't going yeah. to schools. Um, we're just going head on in. <laughs> we're like, Come on, let us I do think, it. I think you do right. And I think some schools <laughs> will be... I mean, when we get when we get student teachers in, they 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 have a vulnerability about them. Of course, they do because yeah. they're in training. But having another adult in a in a school is a you know is a bonus. I think uh, yeah. probably in the autumn, certainly when when things are still going to be uncertain and um, you know having that experience as a student teacher going in and experiencing the systems and and so on and how how leadership and how colleagues have been coping with those systems mm. will be a great learning experience so yeah, I think it'd be great if they get into school in the autumn well it's going to be a roller coaster whatever happens it's yeah. going to be a roller coaster because I've, yeah. uh, I've got an I'm pretty confident schools will close again at some point in the next mm. 18 months probably yeah. 12 months um, yeah. maybe for a short amount of time or maybe they'll just mm. phase cl- I don't know but you know this thing hasn't gone um, yeah. I'm confident of that much. Um, I wish it had gone, obviously, but um, and I think thing. I don't think anyone can confidently plan for next year and sit back and go, "That's exactly how that course is going to run." Um, no, 
you're right and and i know certainly with mates who are teachers and that and even with the work i'm doing professionally we're looking at a sort of, that sort of idea of a recovery curriculum in the autumn and and a balance between online and um or potentially online and you know face-to-face work mm. you know that's all the planning at the moment it's hectic, yeah isn't it? so i'm gonna be busy as always yeah. um my, my, my kid's school was in the, the news yesterday, actually, or the day before. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking, I was about to say, oh, it'll get easier when the kids go back, if they go back before the end of the summer, but I don't think they're going mm. to. Um, mm. and, and it just triggered a memory that um, a couple of days ago, my two of my kids go to the school across the road, and mm. my eldest goes to the, the, the one that that feeds into, sort of thing. Um, mm. And they were, yeah, they were on uh, Channel 5. Channel 5! It's a winner. Hmm. I've heard it's got a better Channel Five. Mm. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, Channel Five News went mm. to to my son's school to see how they're coping in all of this stuff, mm. um, and it was. I had mixed feelings, but I was like super proud of the staff there and how they're trying to cope yeah. in, in in what's really really difficult to. Mm. I mean, just the I mean the logistics that I have to do for for our course for next year under the current restraints are absurd, mm. and theirs are worse. You know, they they have mm. to try and fit thirty kids who are obviously not going to social distance into a space of maybe two classrooms and a corridor and try and get 10 in each and so on I mean I've, I've been hearing the most bizarre stories not from that school but from other schools where like TAs can't fit in the classroom so they're, they're in a chair in the corridor <laughs> and if you need help they just kind of yell <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Mate, it's crazy it's just been it is amazing and anyone who thinks teachers I know we said this a few weeks ago anyone who thinks teachers are a bunch of lazy gets you need to go and get your son in a school because uh, all I've seen is people working their socks off. Yeah. And I, I, I feel very privileged to be able to sit here doing um, a podcast with you and not have to be worrying about my online contact, contact uh, uh, my online content for um, 200 kids tomorrow because yeah. I'm a secondary teacher and I've got um, loads of classes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I doff my cap to them. Um, my lad is uh, um, the school that your primary schools feeds into yeah. and uh, he's just been having he's been kept really busy but he's been kept busy with pretty cool work I'd say mm. and if I if I got him on here now he'd say it's been alright uh, the, the work he's been getting and he's he's going in on Monday just for a day and yeah. I think he'll be I think he's, he's excited is he year about 10? it yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's in year 10 so yeah. he's got so that he's one of the groups he is, yeah, he's in, in that particular group. But he's looking forward to, you know, he said to me earlier, he's just looking forward to going and seeing some of his teachers because mm. these are important adults to him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, well, important role models, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, but significant people to him, you know. Um, so he's, he's really looking forward to that. I mean, the, the easing of the lockdown means we can probably get him, if the weather were all right, we'd probably be getting a, one of his mates over, you mm. know, so they could sit in garden and all that. But the weather's just been crap. It's, yeah, especially like this all week as well. <laughs> yeah, that flipping typical. <laughs> Damn. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, solar system doing its thing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Tricky, so, tricky business. 
Yeah. Um, so, so if you're a teacher listening to this, brilliant work. Yeah, absolutely. Well and can I just? I, I don't. I don't want to slap ourselves on the back for predicting the the, the news cycle, but for God's, it's get, it's really annoying me now. Yeah. Like just. Yeah. Hammering to you know, if it's a slow news day, oh, let's just hammer the teachers. You know? Yeah. Sod, yeah. Sod off newspapers is what I say. Yeah, that absolutely. Yeah, just just change the bloody tune. Yeah, um, and and yeah, get, you know, it wasn't that long ago since everyone was saying teachers need to be paid a million quid a year. You yeah. know, when yeah. when when they realise it's, it's quite hit, hard work. Yeah, when actually sitting with your own kids, the kids that you have <laughs> built into and the created, world. actually you don't want to spend that much time with them. Yeah. So you're calling it childcare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes me laugh. It's absurd, isn't it? It is, mate. We went and had a we had a bit of an epiphany, didn't we, me and you? And we we thought let's change the name of the podcast. And we yeah. what we've we've done, dear listeners, is is we've we thought we Ed and I. One thing we learned about each other when we were getting to know one another during the podcasting and stuff was that we both love movies. Indeed. And yeah, and. Every time we had we record, we've recorded a podcast, go back and check. Every time we've recorded a podcast, <laughs> we've ended up talking about films. And the thing That's I've true. really loved is that it turns out that my new mate Ed, he loves crap films, <laughs> and because I have basically given I've basically sacrificed myself and my whole life at the altar of slightly disappointing <laughs> films. Um, I love movies. I love great movies. I love classic movies. But I, I absolutely adore a film where you can see the castle wall slightly shaken because it's made of cardboard. <laughs> or you see. Or someone looking see, out into the distance, but it's actually just a painting in front of them. <laughs> yeah, I just absolutely love. And which reminds me, and I didn't talk about this last time, in one week, me and my, my wife Maria, we watched three versions of The Hound of the Baskervilles. <laughs> And the one we finished on was, uh, we started with Benedict Cumberbatch and we, we went via Peter Cushing, which is the Hammer yeah, Horror, yeah. which are just brilliant in their own way. Hammer Horror, 1958, Hound of the Baskervilles. And we ended up in 1939 or 38, I can't remember, with uh, Basil Rathbone <laughs> um, in, in um, the Hound of the Baskervilles. And I love, and the word I want to apply here is not crap, but it's shonky. It's the word shonky. Are we going to change the, the podcast name no, no. again? Shonky I, I like, film podcast. I think slightly crap film podcast. Unless we get done by iTunes, I think we should try and stick with that. But when we're talking, what we need you to understand, dear listeners, is that when we're talking about crap movies, we are actually in love with these movies oh, of course, as well. Yeah. And we will say if actually they're... We don't want to watch Drek. No. We don't want to watch just awful, ta awful, awful films. I want to enjoy it. Yeah. We've already covered awful movies. I, I know that um, you watched that Cigarettes, Coffee and Cigarettes. And I, I've, oh, I can imagine what a that. load of bollocks. Yeah. That's a different <laughs> film to the sort of slightly crap films that yeah. we're, we're trying to go after at the moment. We're not after um, pretentious films. We're after... Well, we're after the films that probably we'll, we'll end up talking about in a, in a, in a I moment. Think, I think probably the easiest way to think about it is a film that the critics probably don't rave about, but you love. Yeah, it's kind of a McDonald's of cinema, <laughs> isn't it? That's what we're liking. 
I mean, I'm looking. I've, I've been trying to sort out the attic, Ed, and um, I've got all sorts of film memorabilia and, and stuff and knocking around. And as I sit here, I, I can see um, some film cells. You know, you can buy them. Yeah, Someone yeah. bought me those, the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Very good. And I'm looking up here, and there's a great, great one of my favourite images from the film Mad Max with Mel Gibson. Did you Did you see um, our listener Kelly's cake? That she made for her son for his birthday. No, why, was that? I know. I it was. It. it was a temple of doom <sighs> cake with the rope well, bridge across the two uh, <laughs> the two mountains. You see, that it is was what I'm amazing. That's what I'm talking about. And we watched that just recently because Tom Tom was too young when, when we first watched that, and we watched it again recently. And he was he was quite adamant that it was the best. Mm. Because and it is great. I've just got to do one more thing before I'm going to let you kick in, mate, right, with, with the film. Um, is this this week or last Monday? Um, the new version of Jaws on Blu-ray was released. Ooh. By new version, I mean it's the 4K edition. Now I have really resisted buying anything in 4K Blu-ray mm. because I just think it's going to cost me more money. Yeah, and then I bought it. So I'm going to watch it, and next week. Uh, no, next time we record the cast, I'll let you know what the 4K transfer of Jaws. What does it is add gonna to be it? Like. More Ks. Oh, it's going to be just beautiful. I mean, the actual disc, the, the package I've got is just, it's just beautiful. Indeed. Are you ready for our theme tune? <laughs> Have you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always ready. Slightly quite crap films. So we're into it. We're into it. Slightly quite crap films. Slightly crap. Now, go on. You can sing it if you want. I don't no, no, sing no, it like I'm, you mean I'm, it. I went. I went off on a reverie then. It's on okay. The uh, I'm, it's my proudest moment. That theme tune. Sorry, kids. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> you all come a distant crap, second. <laughs> so I've taken some some um, suggestions again this uh, this past sort of week. It's been about a week and a half ish. Um, so I'm going to run through a couple of the suggestions that we've had. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I've settled on. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. So I okay. So I've taken some different um, recommendations from people over the last few days, um, and I'm going to run through some of them, and I'll tell you what I've finally settled on. Uh, so uh, there's a guy called Bob Kavanagh, and he recommended Hell Comes to Frog Town. Oh yeah, with Rowdy. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't I, I didn't pick that, but I've certainly yeah. noted it down for a future episode potentially. Yeah, there's, a good, there's a good release of that on Arrow. And the, Arrow and there are two sequels apparently. Right. <laughs> At least I would have thought. Um and we have uh, Megaforce. <laughs> oh yeah, Megaforce. We've got a really good, we've we're going in on a high here, aren't we? <laughs> These people know their stuff. They know what we're getting at. Megaforce, chuff me. Um, <laughs> uh, someone mentioned Tremors, but we've already mentioned Tremors. Yeah. Uh, Reanimator, which I think is actually quite. I'm going to recent. I'm going to come back to that, Ed. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Reanimator, Brilliant. when you've okay. when you've talked, yeah. Um, and uh, I've, the one I've settled on um, is called The Asphyx, and that was recommended by Peter Johnston. Now, yeah. if you say well it out loud, Peter. it doesn't sound like what it's actually about. <laughs> the no. Asphyx is not an adult movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was, I've, ro- I've watched the wrong one. <laughs> you, you've got all your notes about how it was a Shit. cracking movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit samey. Full of cracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, go on. Um, before I kick in with the aspects, then, do you want to tell me a bit about Reanimator? Oh no, well, okay, I was just going to say that Reanimator uh, from 1985, absolute classic, and if you grew up in the 80s with VHS videos, you watched Reanimator, and you watched the follow-up movie, not a sequel, but just the next one along was um, From Beyond. Oh, um, so hold two- on a second. So it is an old. For, I looked it up and I saw, mm. and it said it was 2014. That must have been like a re-release no. of the DVD or something. It, yeah, it will have been Reanimators 1985, yep. and it it starred. It met, sort of brought. Well, it, it brought to our attention a, a particular actor I love called I love called Jeffrey Combs, right. who's in loads of these sorts of films, but also Barbara Crampton, who's a kind of scream queen horror actress. Okay, if you want to look her up sometime. But the the point that I was going to mention, Reanimator, and we can talk about the film uh, at another time because I'd love to rewatch. I need that. I need to watch it first. It's an absolute. Well, let's watch it together. It's a corker. Anyway. Um, the director, the filmmaker, is a guy called Stuart Gordon, and he. Um, the reason I wanted to sort of, because of the nature of the podcast, now I thought I need to mention it today and then leave it. But he was like the ult, one of the ultimate masters of the movies that we're talking about. Right. He's, uh, but he was a good filmmaker, so he wasn't. He was making certainly questionable quality films in some ways but if you're a horror fan he's brilliant and Stuart Gordon he died in March and it was um, obviously we didn't hear about it because he's not a big name but when you read his obituaries and stuff he's really well respected because his background was theatre and he made this reanimator sort of put him on the put him on the uh, the map um, ten years later, he made a film called Castle Freak, which uh, a good story about that is I bought the VHS off that from a kid in year eleven <laughs> who brought a bag full of videos into school because <laughs> his mum and dad ran a video shop and they were chucking a load out, so they made a killing out of me. I bought them all. Um, Castle Freak and and um, also a film a, re, a sort of remake of The Pit and the Pendulum oh yeah which, I've seen the remake of The Pit and the Pendulum yeah with Oliver Reed yeah, in it yeah and that's got Jeffrey Combs in it and it's got um, it's got other great great sort of genre actors in there was another movie as well from the 80s called Dolls right which is about creepy dolls these are all low budget yeah but when you watch them they look like they're pretty a good budget Castle Freak Pit and Pendulum they were filmed in a castle owned by the producer of the movies themselves oh wow so that's you know they had a set already and he did another really great movie called Dagon which is based on like HP all of them are sort of influenced by HP Lovecraft who we've name checked before yeah. here um, and Dagon you couldn't buy it you couldn't get it anywhere and then I just saw it in a it was just in a bargain basket there was about 20 copies of it mm. in Morrison's <laughs> so I just bought I should have bought all the copies but there was just one and now it's quite quite difficult to find yeah. and just another the final point I mean I've not talked much about him but this is his sort of legacy and it's a brilliant legacy he did a film called Edmund with um, William H. Macy in it he was a proper good actor in it mm. and it was written by David Mamet 
Right. And it's but it's this low budget film about a bloke making choices and it's it's just it's just really good. Oh, I and might I have reckon to invest. Yeah, Edmund it's M-O-N-D if you have a look on um, it might be streaming on I bet it's, it's one of those that you'll find right near the end yeah. on Amazon yeah. when you're searching through but Stuart Gordon apparently he was a, a really nice fella top notch man um, and he's left a really good legacy of movies and like I, I think I was waxing lyrical about this last time in, ter- in terms of that sort of tapestry of experience and background that forms your own opinions that you grow up with he's an important film director to me he's more important than some other classical film Mm. directors he's important to me and something he did in a lot of his films he's very happily married to um, his wife Caroline Perdigord and very happily married but in every movie he'd get her murdered (laughs) (laughs) so she must have a couple of niggling (laughs) doubts there (laughs) yeah yeah. so if you're listening to this and uh, you've you've just I've just rung a bell with you yeah drop us a tweet or send us a message on Facebook about Stuart Gore yeah. His last film was a film called Stuck, which is about a hit and run where um, I think I've not watched it. I've got it on DVD, but a, a down and out gets run over and gets t- stuck in the windscreen oh, of, um, of this woman. And the, and the bloke is played by Stephen Ray, Stephen yeah. Rea, Stephen Ray, the Irish actor. So there you go. Just a, a bit about him well, and Reanimator, which we'll come back to. But uh, oh, back to are you, you ready for? Yeah, are you ready to get your ass fixed? I. I, I <laughs> Just, I, I never know how to say it, but it's. Oh, so God, am I pronouncing it wrong? Are you gonna? No, no. I think I, I don't it's know. like asphyxiation, surely. Yeah, Just, yeah. yeah. Okay, it is, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. It is your right. Fine so, to say for that. Um, 1972. This British mm-hmm. horror film, um, directed by Peter Newbrook, who. Yeah. I know I'm. I know I'm far more naive in the filmography world than you are, but I looked up his filmography. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he, he's famous for he's famous for Gonks Go Beat, which is one of those like I don't know nineties, I don't know sixties movies, pop movies or something. His um, yeah, he uh, I'm not sure I, I I can follow his his set list as it were. No, very well, but um, and it's got Robert Stevens in, but it's also got Robert. Powell. Now I know Robert Powell, but I only know him from his latter years. Basically, I know him from the detectives with Jasper Carrots. Do you? That's yeah, you more, more than Jesus Christ of Nazareth, well, or whatever it's called. Jesus of Nazareth. Whenever Robert Powell used to get mentioned, it was always Jesus of Nazareth. But I remember him again, going back to the videos and stuff from kind of there was a couple of horror movies he did this and then he went to he must have gone to Canada or something because I, I mean I don't know if he did but he was in some Canadian films yeah um, there was one called The Survivor based on um, the James Herbert novel uh, about an airline pilot who's plane crashes and everyone dies except him yeah, yeah. and another one called Harlequin which two kind of weird um, cult movies um, but but everyone remembers him from um, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, yeah. and I remember him very fondly from Holby City <laughs> when it was good. <laughs> well, well, he's very young in this. I can say that yeah. much. He's he must be early twenties, yeah. um, and so so it's. Um, I was really confused when I started watching it because 
and I know you've watched it, but probably not for a long time. But the first scene is, uh, I want to say modern day, but it's 1972. So it doesn't feel mm. modern day watching it now. Um, and then with, with no explanation, the credits come up and then you're in Victorian England. <laughs> and I'm like, right. what is I'm gonna, going on here? <laughs> have have, 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 I, have I switched film or I, I don't understand? <laughs> Um, I've only watched this once so it could be that I slept through something really important in those first couple of minutes it did make sense by the end why you start in present day and end up in Victorian England in within the yeah. space of the first five minutes um, but it's um, it's kind of a sci-fi it's like a sci-fi horror psychological film but because it's 1972 um, on, a, on, on a shoestring I would say it's it's yeah. it's not that scary um, no, no, but no. but the premise actually is brilliant, and I thought the the, the plot was fantastic, and it's just it's crying out for a, for a modern day yeah. remake, or at least a remake set in Victorian England with a budget. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so essentially, um, these guys they 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 have this theory and they follow it up and they start all these ser- this series of experiments to prove that it's true and they think that when you take a photo of someone right before they die like yeah. classic horror trope um, yeah. you capture their soul leaving their body mm. is what they think um, and then they sort of go to the gallows and they take photos of people and they're seeing this kind of smudgy image thing of, of something going on um, and then eventually they kind of fit I, I am obviously skipping through bits here but they, they figure out yeah. that it's not something leaving the body but it's it's like the grim reaper essentially coming to take the yeah. body um, and and well not quite they think it's some, a specific entity to the person so everybody's got like a an asphyx thing that, that, that essentially haunts them and eventually takes their life from them and they figure out a way to um, capture it yeah. So that they and then they start kind of going slowly mad with this obsession of of thinking right. If I can capture my own one, then I become immortal because the only thing st- that kills me is that thing. It takes me, my soul away or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they go about trying to um, capture various people's um, asphyx ghost thing. Um, yeah. Uh, with a view to doing it to themselves, it's like a personal grim reaper thing. Um, and it becomes a bit of a Shakespearean tragedy because they're trying to involve that, you know, the, the people they're trying to make immortal are their close friends and family and stuff. And mm. and lo and behold, things don't quite go to plan and people who, who they're trying to save end up dying and things. And um, then they're completely torn with guilt and, and it just becomes a very tragic film by the end. Um, mm. And essentially, one of them does become immortal, and that's that's why that scene is set in modern day. It's, yeah. it's, and they flash back to it at the end, so that you kind of get the context of of who that person is that was in that first scene. Um, and it's desperately sad, actually, mm. um, when you look at it from from a from a narrative perspective. Um, it's it's pretty much set. There's, there's not many kind of scenes it's it's very much in their house for the most of the film yeah. and it it would work really well it may, it may well have been a play but it's 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 so sort of claustrophobic in its in its mm. um scenes that it could quite easily translate to stage and it's only got a small cast um mm. but i really really liked it i thought it, it's obviously a bit whammy um mm. the effects are, are, are pretty terrible um yeah. uh, but the the one thing that was still 
holds as being genuinely scary, but just because it's fecking horrible, is the is the um, the screaming noise that they give that they attribute to the 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 the, the, the sort of the Grim Reapery thing is just. Yeah. Nasty. <laughs> I seem to remember it sitting in a box, like they've captured yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they they get yeah. essentially like a they they have like this spotlight tool that 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 slows it down, and they realise yeah. that, that they can use that to kind of capture it. And yeah, they trap it essentially in, in containers for different people. And but it's 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 nerve wracking in some ways, but just because of yeah. the plot rather than any kind of you know you know the a lot of mm. newer horror films rely on jump scares and stuff like that yeah. this is more just kind of unsettling in, in its narrative than anything yeah. else but um, I really liked it I thought it was a great recommendation um, and it was nice I, I like that I recognised Robert Powell um, I, 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 I haven't since gone to see The Detectives again <laughs> but <laughs> I was a big fan of that in the ni- early 90s <laughs> late 80s <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you know, you know it as well, don't you? You're quite familiar with this film. I, I, I've got a real fondness for it um, because I have a fondness for um, the sort of whole. I mean, it's a big group of films like the Hammer, the Amicus, the Tygon films, which we've talked about. We've talked about ages ago. We talked about Blood on Satan's Claw. Yes, or I yeah, did. yeah, yeah. And, I remember. And it's sort of in that stable. And I really like those. There were kind of films made in the 60s and 70s that were set in Victorian times and stuff, but on or, or beyond that in, yeah. in, in old and, you know, in, in more in Tudor times with some films. But they'd, um, they'd just do their best on the budget. It was proper creative filmmaking mm. because they had no money. And, you know, just that, that opening, I'd forgotten about that, the opening in modern day, looking back. It's kind of always that a mistake. Is that... Yeah, really yeah, absolutely. First crap. one through, I just, it, but it just <laughs> completely threw me off those first sort of fifteen twenty minutes because I was trying to catch up, just going, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> so I suppose what we could be doing here is trying to find the criterion for these crap films because, <laughs> yeah, it's crap, but actually there's a cleverness to it as mm. well, and there's a wisdom to the filmmaking and the writing. Yeah, I really liked. Um, I, I, I was sort of I loved Robert Powell. I think probably because I'd watched him in Jesus of Nazareth when I was a kid it was like the big television yeah. event yeah. so when I was sort of catching up on movies sort of later when I was a bit older seeing him in this was a real thrill and mm. uh, like you know it's like oh it's Robert Powell and he's always dead good in everything and I really like him and, and so on and but the other actor I really really liked is is the guy who plays the kind of main bloke um, which is uh, Robert Stevens yeah. is the actor and he was like a proper classic actor once yeah he was good in and it really good he's great in it and I, I sort of respect I respect them because I imagine they know that they're in the sort of film that they're in but they're kind of trusting it and so what you're getting is a committed performance they're not sleepwalking mm. and Robert Stevens I'd, again you know it's, these are just films that I've watched over the years and he was in a he was a great Sherlock Holmes you know yeah. and he was he just did it once in the private life of Sherlock Holmes I mean I know the Asfix is on it's on Prime for free it is yes yeah and I think the private life of Sherlock Holmes might be on there. I'm sure I've seen it on there. Well, let me let me just uh, finish the, the asphyx yeah, with, with um, yeah. a couple of reviews because I like going yeah. on Wikipedia and seeing what the reception was like yeah, at the time, sure. or, or on a DVD yeah. re-release or whatever. Um, so, um, 
Stuart Galbraith uh, the fourth yeah. from DVD yeah. Talk awarded the film 3.5 out of 5 stars praising the film's cinematography lighting mm. but criticising the film's clunky dialogue stagey blocking and low budget I'd like to see you do better Stuart Galbraith yes um, whereas I like this one Bob Brinkman from horrornews.net gave the film a positive review saying it conjures a feeling of existential angst as it wrestles with some of the darker philosophical thoughts of life death and immortality with a twist towards the end of the story that is not a gimmick but instead a well turned bit of grief filled misdirection Mm. this is a must see for fans of gothic cinema you've nailed he's nailed it there because that's what it is it's gothic cinema and I read you know I was just thinking there as you were reading that about um, the woman in black mm. you know I've seen that at the theatre and then they did that film version and the film version was great the theatre version's excellent yeah. I could see this being a, a sort of theatre I could see this being a theatre piece because yeah. it's made like a theatre piece because of the budget yeah. which is why he said it's a bit clunky yeah but it is because they've got limited resources and so on. It's very stagey. So it? if you're listening and you're, you're in, short of ideas for your next stage play... The Asphyx. The Asphyx. It might bring in the wrong crowd through word of mouth of the title. No, but seats are seats, <laughs> bums on seats, as it were, or asses. <laughs> um, right, let's move on. You've, you've seen a film as well, haven't you, Hal? I have, and it's... Um, it's <laughs> You know, I've, I've been talking about, you know, the respectful actors and so on in <laughs> the aspects. And, and uh, I just want <laughs> if you're still listening, I'm, I'm going to talk about a classic movie, which I first watched um, when I was on teaching practice. Um, I've been a teacher since... I went on teaching practice for the first time in 1992. So I've been a teacher for a long time. And one of the... On Fridays or something, Friday nights or Saturday nights, when we weren't going out, me and my pals would all get together. We'd all, we're all like trainee teachers. <laughs> and we'd all like... It'd be like, get some videos out and a load of ale or something. And one of the films that we once hired was this film, um, which is called... Class of 1999. <laughs> now, the cover the is film, brilliant. The cover is excellent. Now, the brilliant thing about this film is... Well, there's lots of brilliant things about this film. And the, it's also crap, yeah. which is also brilliant about this film. <laughs> but Class of 1999 is actually a sequel to a very, very upsetting film called Class of 84, which I think you can get on Amazon. But when I was a lad, it was banned oh really yeah banned for for right okay for violence so everyone wanted to watch it and i remember getting a bootleg vhs of it when i were a young and yeah and i watched it then so a sequel was like this is going to be amazing it's (laughs) it's just stupid (laughs) and brilliant at the same time now let me just tell you about some of the actors well, I'll tell you about the director. The director is Mark L. Lester. Now, not to be confused with Mark Lester of Oliver, Oliver, you know, the kid who played Oliver Twist in the musical. He was Mark Lester. This is Mark L. Lester, which I assume is why he's put an L in his name, because he don't want to be cute, confused with a fictional Victorian urchin. Indeed, indeed. Um, Mark Lester made this in, in, I think it's about 1990, yeah, so I watched it. A couple, by the time it got onto VHS, it used to take ages. So yeah, it did, yeah. over a 92. year in those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it had been out a while, but we watched it, and... My mate Phil, he liked horror, so we'd, we'd, we'd 
put it on one night and upset any any sort anybody else who was with us. <laughs> but what a cast! It's only got Malcolm McDowell in. Oh wow! You know, one at one at finest. He's just brilliant, him. But he was going through a bit of a lean patch in now. He, he he's got a really interesting filmography, hasn't he? Like he's done he's brilliant. some brilliantly yeah. high profile, well received yeah. films, and then he turns up in like. Tango. Class of 1999. <laughs> That's what he turns up in, mate. He turns up in this, where he just has to look aghast for a few scenes, has an argument with someone and then gets killed. And probably got um, paid more than everyone else in the cast. Just for I that. hope he did. And the the other great act... Well, there's, there's a few, actually. The other actor I've got to mention is Stacey Keach. Right. Who's that? Who is... Do you, are you familiar I'm with I'm not. Him? Fill me in. Well, I think he was in a TV show called Deadwood. I think that was his last... Oh, I've seen Deadwood. Who is he yeah, in Yeah, is it? I don't know. I can find out if I go no, online. No, I'll look at... You carry on talking. I'm going to look at Stacey Keach is... Um, well, again, another... He's another favourite of mine because he was in a film called... Again, which I think we've talked about, The Long Riders. Yeah. Um, a Western... Um, he, he's the brother of uh, he, he's got some famous acting brothers but Stacey Keach was famous for pay, playing Mike Hammer on the TV in the 80s yeah um, but he's, he's an, he was a well established um, actor <coughs> excuse me oh and, uh, he's yeah I've got him in yeah. front of me now oh, you got him he's, yeah, yeah he's, um, he's also in Prison Break he's the warden he's in Prison Break right yeah. well he's such a cool guy he's I don't great think he's with I us love anymore. him yeah, he was, he was a great actor, and he's, he's always got a glint in his eye, but in class of 1999, he's got these really weird white contact lenses with little black dots in them. Mm. So he's like part android, and he's got a rape mullet. <laughs> he's got <laughs> Love a rape it. mullet, but it's white, and it's proper straight. Oh, classy. It's, it's I like just, it. Oh, it's just I should a, just throw uh, in, he is definitely still alive. You're all right there. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I think I'm mixing him up with Powers Booth. I'm glad. I'm glad he's still alive. The other, the other two actors I'll mention, and then I'll just talk very quickly about the plot, and then <laughs> we'll, we can finish it off. But I know we're running out of time. Pam Greer, who's Jackie Brown, those of you who remember. Yeah. Pam Greer, just a, a sort of grand queen of, of she's in exploitation the movies. She's she's an android, mate. <laughs> she's the chemistry teacher. I've got to tell you the plot. Chemistry, she's chemistry, and John P. Ryan, who is just absolutely brilliant in this film. He's, he's kind of, if you look him up, John P. Ryan, yeah. he was in lots of like, he was always a character actor. He's chuffing brilliant at this. He's, in a, he's a history teacher, right? He smokes a pipe and wears a tank top and then just basically kills kills all these young punks. <laughs> but there's, a, there's the most alarming scene I've ever seen in, a, in a, an exploitation movie is when he's, he walks into a class, John P. Ryan is the history teacher. Mm. He walks in, they're all like not listening to him. They, they all like are rude to him. So he grabs one of the hoodlums because they're all like gangs, yeah, you know, yeah. but kind of futuristic... 1990 gangs <laughs> you know they were a bit shit gangs you know they look like Spandau Ballet <laughs> do you know what I mean so he grabs one of them these two are fighting so he grabs them both and he puts them over his knee and spanks them oh good lord while smoking his pipe <laughs> it's it's one of the most weirdest sequences ever oh, and if that's tickled your fancy you can get the Blu-ray. You know what? I've been looking for a film where HD. someone spanks some some adolescents while smoking a pipe. Then, it's it's the, a bit well, niche, a but I, you know, I found it. 
it's a typical you know the typical adolescence they're all a bit older than us mate you know what I mean they're all they're those like are they like Dawson's Creek old. teenagers yeah well the, the main the main dude in it who's who I recognise I couldn't place him right when he was playing a kid in this film he was 25 oh good grief right but I couldn't place him then I placed him and he, he plays the bullies one of the bullies mates in in the film Stand By Me right I, you, but, uh, I so have seen I Stand By them. Me yeah it's a yeah. so basically the plot is very quickly they don't know what to do so they call in um, the department of I can't remember what it's called now I, I messaged you Oh, department and Defence or Education and Defence or something uh, yeah. whatever it is Department of Education Defence D.E.D. D.E.D. <laughs> Dead yeah so they get it's basically a government programme where they're using war machines to invoke discipline in school and I'm not kidding it's brilliant you see it from the android's point of view and the android is going through the discipline strategy a bit like um, what is it when you you know we have in schools on an A4 sheet that kids don't read about this is our discipline policy um, step one what is it step one a verbal, verbal warning. warning and this comes up in the android's eyes it's like verbal warning and he, he like skips through that and he goes to harsh discipline and then it, the last one is execution because it all goes a bit so it's, so for, for teachers it's like C, C1 like consequence one C1 yeah. C2 yeah, was, C3 C4 it. murder they just got, do you know what I love this film that's the it's missing brilliant. step that would fix all the behaviour problems wouldn't it well I honestly think this should be on your P- the reason on the PGCE behaviour management put it on your PGCE for next year behaviour management where the time is the future the youth gang violence is so high that the areas around some schools have become free fire zones <laughs> it's brilliant these androids and they all go whappy these androids you know it's, it's just crackers can you imagine I've, I've rushed through that but I've really enjoyed talking about it. Class of 1999. I love that it. That is a proper slightly crap film. I love it. I think that it's, I it's it. time for a jingle. Slightly, slightly quite crap, crap films. Mate, I, I think we've nearly run out of time. I think we? we have. I think we'll call that a day for episode yeah. one slash 21. Ah, oh, people, <laughs> thanks so much for downloading this and listening to the end. Absolutely. We're really grateful. Do get in touch with us. We do try and get, you know, we'll get back to you. We'll, 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 we'll be in touch with you and everything, and we'll mention you. If you want to mention next time, just let us know. And Definitely. Um, I, if you think there's a film we should be seeing that we've not talked about. Well, I'm going to throw know. a theme out there for next week for okay, slightly quite idea. crap films. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know if you, you might know an official name for this sort of genre, but I was thinking the Summer Camp movie. There's yeah, there's a works. lot of summer camp movies that came out yeah. in the 70s and 80s and no, 90s. They're, they're obviously a very Americanized thing because we don't really have summer camps to the, in the same way here. But no. I think there's quite there's it's quite a rich source for. Uh, it is, and I've I've thought I, I'm thinking of Friday the 13th. But is that allowed or? Are you, oh, I knew you'd spin it to horror. I was trying yeah. to spin it slightly away from horror, from like, co- um, to comedy. And yeah, no, just like that. Yeah, goofball yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good shout, mate. That's so, so if, if you if you've got a fond memory of of that sort of film, um, like uh, Meatballs would be an example. I mean, I'm, I'll probably talk about that one next time. Um, give us a shout. Give us some recommendations, and I will I will do my utmost to try and watch a few of them and bring them into the podcast next time. Fantastic. 
brilliant then so we'll see you again and uh, do stay in touch uh, we've we've sorted out our intro we've not sorted out our outro yet I don't think <laughs> so uh, just bear with us on that but thanks again and uh, we'll see you next time I could just do a recorder solo yeah do that that'd be great the Slightly Cracked Film Podcast was brought to you by Hal Roberts and me, Ed Southall, in partnership with our wonderful sponsors, Freaky Frank's Fungal Foot Powder and Simon's Fish Bazaar, where every fish is an awkward surprise. Find us on Facebook at Crap Film Podcast. And then do it all over again on Twitter at Crap Film Podcast, because you can never get enough of a crap thing. <laughs>